Welcome to the Washington Church Toledo Podcast. Together, we are learning to encourage one another to walk with God through cultivating a personal relationship with Jesus the Christ. This podcast consists of recordings from our Sunday morning worship services and other teaching events that you are more than welcome to come join us live. The mission team mission is to mobilize the congregation to make and support disciples of Jesus who proclaim the gospel and build the church among all people with a focus on unreached people groups. Providence Children's Home became a mission partner of Washington Church about five years ago, and we have financially supported them, and as well as prayed for them, we've done the Christmas um, support for them every year, and this is also the second time that we've had Washington Church members go over to Kenya um, with California, California's team, um, to Providence Children's Home. And the mission of Providence Children's Home is to transform the lives of orphaned and vulnerable Kenyan children by creating a nurturing home, excellent education, and health care in a Christ-centered manner. So they have two orphanage homes over there. They have a primary and secondary school, and they also have a health clinic. Um, so that is kind of how um, Washington Church fits into Providence Children's Home. So we're going to go through asking questions, and then members of the Kenyan team are going to answer. So the first question is, I'm sorry, we have to introduce ourselves first. <laughs> okay, so um, I'm Pat. Um, I was obviously so excited to be a part of the mission team, but something that we thought was really cool is when the um, Kenyan girls, when we showed up and did some spiritual reflection, uh, the, the orphanage girls, um, they would each stand up and like, you know, have to introduce themselves. And before they said anything, they would say, praise God, Praise God again. So now I'm going to do it again, and you guys are going to say it. So everyone would say amen after that, and it was just super cool for us to see, and we were just sitting there like, is every girl going to do this? And like, there's literally 46 of them or whatever it was. Like, They were like, hang on, wait, before, before I talk about me, let's, let's praise the man who got us here. So, so praise God. Amen. Praise God again. Amen. All right, cool. Thanks. <laughs> Praise God. Amen. Praise him again. Amen. Um, I'm Lauren. Praise God. Amen. Praise God again. Amen. I'm Eileen. Praise God. Amen. Praise God again. Amen. I'm Sarah. Is this one on? Praise God. Amen. Praise God again. Amen. I'm Susie. Praise God. Amen. Praise God again. Amen. I'm Susie also. We're going to start with reading the verse off the screen when that comes up. So are we all supposed to stand? Everyone stand.
Okay, so how do you feel Romans 12, 11 applied to your journey leading up to, during, and now back from Providence Children's Home? Um, I can speak to that. Um, first, I'd like to read Romans 12, 11, the message version. Uh, don't burn out. Keep yourselves fueled and aflame. Don't quit in hard times. Pray all the harder. Help needy Christians. Be alert, servants of the master, cheerfully expectant. Um, so I want to start um, by sharing the leading up to saying yes to this amazing trip um, that we could probably spend two hours talking about. <laughs> um, so I never, it was never a, um, never on my bucket list to go to Africa. It just wasn't. <laughs> um, but God planted a seed, and I would say it started way back um, when we first started partnering with PCH and doing the Christmas um, gifting. And so we'd have a Christmas tree back here, and each of the girls' pictures and names would be on a card um, where we could pick one and pray for them and, and help them financially um, by giving them a Christmas dress. So I would look at those um, pictures, those faces, and those eyes, and I was drawn to them, and I wondered what their lives were like, um, and so that's where it started, and, but I just went on my merry way, right, like we do, and then uh, Bill Corette from the California team came and spoke a couple of years ago and did a presentation explaining the history of PCH, um, I even kind of forgot that it was going to happen that Sunday after church, and then it was announced, and I'm just out of curiosity, because I thought, there's no, there's no way I could go to Africa, but I was curious. Um, so God led me to um, the presentation, and Bill went over time like he always does, and I didn't mind one bit. I didn't mind one bit. It was so... He had slides to show, and he just talked um, about the girls, and I, he could have talked another hour. I was, I was mesmerized, and when I left, I thought, God, do you possibly want me to go? And, I mean, there were so many things um, that went into that. Um, so the financial um, challenge, um, was one thing, and then I also was in a really a bad place mentally at the time. Um, I had just just very difficult challenges with my job. Um, there were major changes going on going on with my job, and I was kind of consumed with that. Everything else in my life was great. My family, my church family. Um, uh, I was in a discipleship group. Uh, I had so much joy apart from what was going on with my job, and that was 40 hours a week, right? And I just thought, God, through you know, through the last few years, I'm like, I want joy. I just want joy. Um, bring me joy has been my prayer. And so step by step, um, God didn't shut any doors. He opened doors for this trip. And I just, you know, I just took baby steps towards it. And the, he met every obstacle that there was. He just conquered it all. 
and I give him all the credit, all the glory. Um, uh, what else was I going to say? Um, part of what was going on, too. Um, so COVID, of course, um, we were supposed to go on the trip last year, but COVID happened, so it got delayed. And p part of me was disappointed. Part of me was actually a little relieved because I still had so much stress going on. Um, and bit by bit, then, it was starting to come together. Um, in my personal life, there were still challenges. Um, my mom had surgery, and she ended up in a nursing home unexpectedly. So my family and I are still dealing with that. Um, God met the financial obstacles. Um, that was all provided. Um, thank you to all of you that gave and prayed for the whole team. Um, and also, I was also, um, this past year, I was leading a discipleship group. And I'm not a born leader by nature, but so normally that would be overwhelming to me. But no, God just, that was a piece of my joy. And the girls prayed with me throughout all of that. And um, yeah, so I felt overwhelmed at times, but I just kept saying yes, yes to this trip. And then um, before I knew it, I was on the plane, right? <laughs> Let me see, let me check my notes. So I guess I covered everything without looking, so gosh, praise God for that. Um, I want to say that I felt like in that struggle um, of working through all that, I felt like Satan was really trying to pull me back and trying to get me to say no. Um, but I... I I just prayed my way through it, and I want to um, encourage all of you that uh, somewhere I read, or maybe it was a song, and it was about just taking the first step, and that's what I felt like I did, and so if you feel a nudging from the Holy Spirit to do, it could be anything small, like introducing um, yourself over to your neighbor and inviting them to Washington Church. It, it could be anything small, or it could be something big like Kenya. <laughs> um, but God, God will honor that. He'll honor your, your taking the first step and saying yes. Um, can you hear me, first of all? There, okay. Um, my journey was actually very similar to Eileen's in the fact that I or Africa, continent of Africa, was never on my top of my bucket list by any means. I haven't traveled much, but Africa was not the top continent. Um, but I, too, went to the talk when the PCH board was here meeting, and Bill talked afterward because I missed the whole service that day because I was in the nursery. So you guys all were talking afterward, and it was all exciting, and I'm like, I missed it. So I went to the meeting afterward, and somewhere there was a little, I guess, a nudge or a fire was started to kindle because I signed up. And it kind of went from there. Um, as far as the process, it was a very long process because planning a trip like this, I've been on other mission trips, and there are always a lot of logistics, but then we had COVID in the middle of all this, and... 
it was this long, but it turned out that every piece was needed and God was with us every step of the way. And that's where I learned that praying for every little detail is constant and we needed that and it really helped. So as far as um, the verse, today's verse is Romans 12:11, and the version that we all just read was never be lazy but work hard and serve. No, love, or where is it? Never be lacking in zeal. Keep your spiritual fervor serving the Lord. Um, full disclosure right here. I am not, I'm an introvert, I'm not quite, zeal is not a word that I would use to describe myself at all, um, but I've been in a discipleship group this year, and I've learned about my relationship with God, and that I really want to develop that, I am developing that, so when I was looking it up today, the NLT version says, never be lazy, but work hard and serve the Lord enthusiastically. I think that's where I am right now. The zeal will come, but I'm enthusiastic, and serving the Lord is basically what I did for this trip. Um, because part of it was when it was the planning was going, and they were saying, well, the teachers are going to do this, and the electricians are going to do this. And I was like, okay, I am not gifted in any of those areas, but Bill Correct kept saying there will be something to do no matter what you do, there'll be, whatever you are, there'll be something to do. And that turned out to be true, and our team bonded, and whenever somebody needed help, there was somebody to pick up the slack. So serving the Lord is, I felt that was what we were all doing over there. Okay, so I was encouraged to share this verse with you all. This is still in Romans 12, this is 4. For as we have many members in one body, but all the members do not have the same function. So we being many are one body in Christ and individually members of one another. Having these gifts differing according to the grace that is given to us, let us use them in our ministering. So this was really, really evident in our trip. Um, we had teachers, plumbers, art teachers. We had anything and everyone and different personalities. And I was in charge of buying and using parachutes, which the girls and kids have never used before. And one of the challenges I put to them was, okay, you have a parachute and you have a ball and I want you to get the ball to the other parachute. And oh my gosh, some of them got it really, really fast. And I said, well, how did you get it so fast? And they said, teamwork. And I said, you are absolutely right. I said, I'm not gonna go up to lead teachers because I'm still a kid myself, but I'm really good with you all. And that was so, so evident. And God's grace and hand was so evident in those team members of us I mean we just bonded instantly and there was one person who some if you had a person with problem with another person someone else would be right there to pick them up and it was just so clear and evident that God put this team together for a reason and now I have an excuse to visit California although my mom's not too happy about that um you know I've gotten offers for colleges and room and board and she's like oh whatever Sarah so, uh, yeah, so that would be my encouragement. I'll be quick, but um, kind of two things in playing off the serving with the fervent spirit. Um, there was a lot going on all the time, every day, um, and it, it was very, it was, there, was two, there was two things that I felt happening to me um, 
and they were different. One was serving with the super fervent spirit or what I thought, but then kind of going home at the end of the day and being like, good job, Pat. You know, you guys did pretty darn well today, you know, like, and then kind of feeling boosted and later on, or, you know, I think going through this Romans 12 was huge. We, I think we left and we were on verse five or something or three or four or something. Um, but, you know, like, do not think of yourself higher than, higher than you ought. And then I was like, oh, <laughs> yeah. So just, like, really being humbled by that. And, and um, I think also coming out of that, if, if that was how I was serving, um, I got tired and burnt out and was annoyed by 3 o'clock in the afternoon with someone or, you know, or just, just tired in general. Um, and, and in reflection and in conversation with different people on the team, you know, we really had to, you couldn't be serving for yourself, um, cause that led to being burnt out. That led to, you know, three days in, I'm like, holy crap, this is a 20 day trip. Like this is going to be tough. Um, and so, you know, being able to kind of turn the mindset into going into these things and be like, all right, I'm, I'm. I'm in charge of, you know, this dodgeball game or something today. And, you know, I could pat myself on the back at the end of the day or, like, God, like, what do you have for this, this, this group of people? Like, how can I be here and no better than any of them, but just, what, you know, how can I be grabbing from, from you and, and, and handing out overflowing, however you want to put it, um, to these kids? And so just that intentionality, you know, I was like, well, we're going to gather together. We're going to, you know, do the, the two teams walk by and slap hands, and then we're going to get in a circle and pray together. And I'm going to ask if one of you guys wants to pray. And um, it was crazy those days how much energy I seemed to have and seemed to, you know, end the day and be like ready to go again. Like it was just, it wasn't, it wasn't, um, and that's what I guess I would say is the fervent spirit. You know, it's, um, if you're doing something for yourself, it, it, you're going to burn out. You're going to, you know, um, but God will give you the energy if you're serving him in the right way. And if you are really opening your hands and saying, okay, God, what do you have for this situation? Um, I think we can all attest to that. It was busy and it was tiring. But when we came and we recharged, whether that was together, reflecting, or just in our own spiritual, you know, quiet time, or whatever it was, that was that was, that was recharging for sure. So, Share with us one way that you saw God move during your trip. Okay. Um, <laughs> um, I just have a short one, and it was involved with the very first day we met the girls. Because um, the first day we kind of went on a tour of the grounds and everything, the girls were all in school. Well, the whole academy was in school. And then the girls come home about four, and most days we would do a craft with them up at the orphanage. But the very first day, we just went straight to our worship time with them. We did about a half hour every day after school, after the craft with them, and then we go back to where we were staying and they'd have supper and do the rest of their evening. Um, and when we were meeting, actually it was the room that you could hear them singing in that 
was very small and it was very compact with 40 plus girls and the mothers and the staff and then add 22 of our team in there and it was very full and the first day when they first did the praise God thing and introduced themselves and we were still in awe and each little girl as we introduced ourselves then one of the kids had written a homemade card and brought it up to each one of us so you know I was just kind of in awe and looking around and then the girls started singing and I'm not one to get emotional but for that day and the second day in that little room with it vibrating um, the Holy Spirit was there in such a powerful way I thought how am I ever gonna get through three more weeks of this <laughs> so Um, for me, I mean, there was uh, numerous ways that I saw God working. Um, uh, one, a couple of the things that came to my mind um, was there was a girl named Esther, and she was in the fourth grade, and she wasn't one of the orphan girls. Her mom worked at the, at the school, um, and she just kind of was following me around and um, she looked very sad. <laughs> and so we, I had an opportunity to get God put it on my heart, pray with her, pray with her. And so I did, I prayed over her and um, yeah, he just gave me, he knocked me over the head and said, you need to pray with her. <laughs> and so that was um, the Holy Spirit speaking to me. And then um, we did take the girls for an overnight. This was right towards the end of our time with them. We took them on an overnight on the way there. Well, first of all, we got to ride on the bus with the girl we were gonna be spending the night with. So I come out of our retreat center to get on the bus. I'm like, there's four buses, where's my girl? And, and next thing I know, the window's open and Chantel's yelling, Eileen, Eileen. And so she found me and I found her and just that bus ride was awesome because the girls started singing uh, their African music and dancing in the seat and I was dancing right along with them. So the Holy Spirit was in that bus that day. It just there were a lot of smiles and just joy all the way around. And then um, at the hotel later that night, um, uh, Chantel had her best friend who actually was along. She was already in college, actually. Her name was Esther. And so the two of them, we watched a movie together in our room later before falling asleep. So we're all in the same bed together. And it was just a kid's movie. And I don't know, I just, I love the connection that we had. And uh, again, God put on my heart to pray with them, and so I did for their futures. Um, Chantel is just graduated from high school and waiting to go into a trade school or college, and so she's at, you know, a time in her life that I'm sure feels insecure. So um, I just, their smiles just light up the room. They're always smiling, they're so joyful with the little that they have, and they um, do have a relationship with Jesus, and I think that's at the heart of it. Okay, so I have a few stories. Um, I think the number one thing for me was my grandma. Um, and you're like, your grandma? 
uh, yeah, so before this trip, she was like, Sarah, don't go, don't go, like, you're going to get murdered, and, like, she she literally was like, I'm going to pay money t- for you to dye your hair brown, and, like, Grandma, no, you know, I did have people love, they loved the blonde hair, but she was just, <laughs> she was just very nervous, and she would worry about me, and she would text me, both she and my grandpa, and I got back, and I went to a meeting with her. And she walked in that room, and she said, this is my granddaughter, and she just got back from Africa. And she said it with almost like an air of, like, look, my grandkid's better than your grandkid. (laughs) I mean, we just talked to a lady at this meeting, and she just was so proud of me. And I had never really, you know, experienced that before, of someone being like, wow, I'm really proud of you. And um, she just, one thing, though, that she said was, yeah, this is Sarah's calling on her life. And I had felt that for a long time, since I was seven doing those bake sales. You know, I said, you know, I don't want to go to school, but my mom made me go to school. Um, so did Ohio Law. But <laughs> <laughs> she just, that was a life-changing experience for me to hear my grandma say those words. And just the, um, I saw God move in our team so incredibly much. I, you know, was the youngest, and I got taught um, quite a bit of things, <laughs> mildly inappropriate, um, but just the wisdom and the knowledge that those people had. Um, I mean, I got lectured on business and, you know, red flags for dating. I got a, I actually, in my email, have a um, document from Bill, our leader, on what not to look for in a man and questions that I need to ask him. Um, the first one is, do you like broccoli? Because Bill will not eat broccoli at all. Um, so I just got um, lectured on colleges and how to find the right college, and they kept on pushing California colleges. But um, I think that was just it for me, just seeing the way our team loved each other, and we were always there to pick them up and push them outside of their comfort zone in talking with the late girls. And then um, there was a girl, and she just did not look like she wanted to be there. And I talked to one of the house moms, and she said, yeah, her experiences are a lot like yours. Um, She was molested at a very young age, and she was the oldest of siblings, and I really think you two can connect. And so I was like, okay, but she's not really acknowledging any of our presence right now. And we went on the bus, and she said, Sarah, Sarah, come sit by me. And I'm like, okay. And she put her head on my shoulder and fell asleep. And that might not seem like much, but I was like, okay, so we're gaining trust here. And on the last day, she presented me with a folded up letter, and it said, thank you, Sarah, for loving me, even when I was not lovable. And she wrote me, she colored me a coloring page, and I said, you know what, I'm going to frame that and put it in my room. And she's like, no, you're not. I'm like, yes, you are. Yes, I am. Because you are that important to me. And just seeing her smile and her laugh, and I talked to one of the house moms before we went on the plane, and she said, you changed her, Sarah. So, you know, I obviously didn't change her. God did, and he saw there was a girl that needed to be loved, and I was just the messenger, and I think all of our team was the messengers, so. Um, so I feel like, I mean, the Lord moved quite a bit, I would say. Um, but I mean, kind of as Sarah was talking about within our team, 
Um, one of the things I prayed a lot for before we went, it was kind of like unity, like unify us, God. Like we're all so different. Like we'd be on Zoom meetings and not really see half the people or know half. And then like, it's like, okay, where do we all fit in together? Um, but very quickly on, like the Lord just unified us. Um, and we just kind of worked as one unit, you know, kind of as a versus Sarah read. Um, and I was at the, at the retreat, I was like in a room with one of the girls, Irene, and she, she was like, are you guys all from the same place? Like, are you like, do, where do you guys come from? And I was like, well, like part of us are from a, a state called Ohio and the other part of us are, is from a state called California. And she was like, oh, okay. Like, that's really surprising to me because you guys are just like, I see so much unity in you guys. And it was just like, whoa, like I was kind of seeing it. But the fact that like the 16 year old girl, it was just like, I see unity in you guys. Like I see you guys walking together with the Lord. It was just like so powerful because on our own, like we probably would have been at each other's throats and like just frustrated all the time. And like, you know, but like by the grace of God, we were able to unify and like just be, a cohesive unit and grow together in, in that way. And that was just incredible um, to be a part of. And then um, within, like, so there's PCH, which is, like, the orphanage, and then it's, like, on the campus of Durham G Academy or whatever, which is a school. It's, like, a boarding school. So during the day, we would do a lot of activities with them. And before the trip, I didn't really feel like, taking on a whole activity. I was like, I'll just kind of float around. I didn't really know what I was supposed to, like, I just didn't really feel any specific, like, where I was supposed to be in those times. So I had, like, the option to have a lot of free time during the day, um, which I was like, well, like, I don't really know what I'm going to do with this. And then just, like, randomly, like, there would be these girls who would come up to me and just be like, hey, like, can we talk really fast? And I'm like, sure, I guess. Like, what's up? And they're like, hi, I hate myself, I don't know if I believe in God, and my mom won't let me have any friends, and I'm like, cool, like, thank you for sharing, what is your name, and, you know, and just being able to, like, you know, and that, things similarly happened multiple times, and I was just able to be like, okay, like, Lord, like, what do you have to say to these people, like, this person, this girl right now, like, what do you have to say to her, and then, like, just be able to speak truth over her, and, like, identity, and be able to pray with her, um, and um, it was just, like, totally a God thing, because I was never standing anywhere be like, oh, anyone who wants to talk, like, I'm here, you know, it was just kind of like, I was just walking up to lunch, and someone was like, hey, like, let's talk, and I'm like, okay, you know, so it was just, like, so cool um, that the Lord, I don't know, he just works, he works in that way, and um, I, like, was able to make those connections, and um, hopefully, um, you know, what the words that I said hopefully um, will remain with them because um, yeah I just yeah that's it I'll share can I share one more thing just about that question quickly I just wanted to say it was some all these things are awesome the last part of our trip we um got to go on an amazing safari and all of that, but it actually took us probably eight to 20 hours out of, out of the, the way of the airport. So we had to have a whole, I mean, we had a whole day designated to getting to the airport. Not only was it not the greatest ride there, we had to then deal with getting COVID tests and getting results. Everything that like 
just there was a thousand obstacles to get us to the airport to get us home um, and we were we had so many problems with our COVID test results and we were waiting to go into the airport and it got to the point where like our, t our flight was at 10:15 at night and we were at this restaurant trying to figure everything out and it was like 7:30, and we're like we have to leave soon like we are already so late to the airport and we're frustrated i was frustrated i'm over here just like head against a wall like i what what can we even do or we're helpless our leaders you know just like how is this happening you know like we need these tests blah blah, blah. and i hear i hear little sarah go i, th I think we should pray and then i'm just like ah, blah, banging my head banging my head banging my head and then like you know, like five minutes later, she's like, <clears throat> I, th I think we should pray. <laughs> and so like she got, she gathered a little group of people and was just like, let's pray. So we're in this restaurant, like just standing there in the middle of this area praying. And then we were leaving and I was, and we were just like, that was good. But like, God, you need to like, teleportation needs to happen right now or something. And so we're literally in the car, I, you know, we read four different trucks on our way there. And again, the youngest woman in our group, the youngest kid in our group was like, why don't we just spend this time praying? So literally we spent, I mean, it was probably a 20 minute car, 25 minute car ride. And we spent 15 of that just praying, just popcorning around in this car of 10 people. Just like, if you have anything that you want to give to the Lord, let's do it now. And I don't know, I mean, by the grace of God, we made that 10:15 flight. <laughs> so I don't know. It was just that was so cool to me to just, you know, in my head, I'm like, oh yeah, like look at my spiritual growth. And then little old Sarah's like, hey guys, <laughs> let's do what God's asking us to do right now and turn to Him. So in light of Romans 12:11, how do you want to remember this experience going forward? Well, this is my turn to talk. <laughs> Um, I wanted to reread to you from 9 through 12, or 13 maybe even. Love must be sincere, hate what is evil, cling to what is good. Be devoted to one another in brotherly love. Honor one another above yourselves. Never be lacking in zeal, but keep your spiritual fervor serving the Lord. Be joyful in hope, patient in affliction, faithful in prayer. Share with God's people who are in need and practice hospitality. And so I looked up zeal, great energy or enthusiasm in pursuit of a cause or objective, and fervor, intense and passionate feeling about something you're doing. So pretty much all I wanted to share, everyone already has, <laughs> and that's a good thing. But I think the biggest takeaway, I would want people here who are thinking um, about going is we walked in love and we had 18 to 20 months to practice walking in love with one another. Um, we'd get frustrated on Zoom calls. We'd get, you know, frustrated with how much we were going to have to pack and carry with us. Uh, there's so much going on. And I think that what you're hearing from the team is that walking in love. You would see the team gel, come together, and walk in love. As Sarah said, if somebody wasn't dealing well with another person, and we did have one man that we all were challenged with, 
but Sarah was great with. <laughs> and she would come walk beside us if we were challenged. Um, and I just, I just saw all of that walking in love and that serving one another. And I just want us all to know that can happen here. That doesn't have to be that you need to go to Kenya and be with about, you know, 16 other strangers to learn to walk in love. And what does that mean? We hear it a lot, but what does it really look like? It looks like hearing somebody, hearing the Holy Spirit say, pray with this girl. You know, it, it, walking in love is letting a teenager come up to you and tell you how horrible they feel about themselves in life and praying with them. Um, it, it means just hanging out with these girls. I mean, I, I kind of got to be known as a bit of the crybaby on the team because what these girls have gone through, and the thing I noticed so much about PCH, and that's what we're supporting, so I want you to know this. Those girls are happy. They're happy. I, don't, I can't tell you they're 100% healed. I'm not going to tell you that. I'm not going to tell you that they're not struggling. But they were happy. And so where did we see God working? Where didn't we see God working? There wasn't a place we didn't. As a matter of fact, even getting to there, we kept being just the enemy, Satan, the devil. I don't care what you're comfortable calling him. But he put as many obstacles as he could. So did we serve with fervor? Oh, yeah. We were passionate about wanting to go, and we just kept being and kept serving and kept keeping it all in prayer and lifting it up and giving it to God and not counting on just ourselves. And I think we all grew that way, that you can continue to walk in love. I challenge you all to think about what does that look like in your everyday life? When your husband asks you to call the plumber, don't, are you thinking, why don't you call the plumber? You know, walking in love is to feel that way, but to turn around and say, okay, I'll do that. So it's not about our feelings. Walking in love is about our actions and how we really connect with one another, serve one another. And I agree with, I think it was Patrick that said it was, that our team looked at how we could serve one another. And I just want to say about Patrick, because, you know, I just can <laughs> I like to remind him all the time, I saw you be born. I watched you grow up in this church. And I told him one time at one of our meetings, you know, as the man of our team, you're going to have to step up to the plate. <laughs> and he's like, oh, yeah, I'm sure, no problem. But you know what? He did. He boarded in a, like, dormitory with 10 other women, only man in there, and shared bathrooms with 10 women. <laughs> And he did a great job. He killed our wasps for us. <laughs> he showed us the creepy uh, slug in the shower and to avoid it. And every time we'd be getting out of the buses, you could find Patrick there either grabbing our stuff or helping with a hand. He just was very, very, and not just the Ohio girls. <laughs> he was just very, very much there. And also, I just wanted to say this, too. We celebrated with each other as well as you know, we cried with each other. or So that's what your community of people is looking like. Um, 
And in case anybody already doesn't know, one of our celebrations was Patrick asked um, Lauren or Doreen <laughs> um, to marry him. And we say Doreen because the people that cooked for us cooked and made her, them a cake and put Patrick in Doreen. <laughs> so we lovingly call her Doreen. Anyway, that's what I wanted to share with you on that. Uh, how can we be praying for you and PCH going forward? I would be saying that we can pray um, for the girls, for the mothers, the house mothers, for the people that work there, they, they, that cook. Um, yeah, lifting up those girls and their walks with the Lord. I think Patrick wanted to share more on that, but yeah. They want to be loved, and I know that's where they saw God at work, was they saw themselves being loved by whatever we did with them. Um, I also just want to say that Providence is a perfect name because, as Lauren was saying, she didn't know what she wanted to do there, but God's providence showed her what to do there and brought that about. I ended up on the professional development team with five teachers, and I'm like, I'm not a teacher. How did I end up on this team? <laughs> but I happen to know a little bit about computers, and um, in God's providence, at first I was sad that everybody was out playing with all the girls, and I was with the teachers. But God's providence was, he knows my heart, and I love deeply, and if I'd tried to connect on the level I did with two, with all 42, I, I couldn't have done it. I, I would have, like Patrick said, I would have been wasted in the first day. Um, but I, I connected deeply with two. And those teachers, <laughs> they, were, they wanted to know what they were doing was worthwhile. So I would say continue to pray for that staff as well. Patrick, I think you uh, just quickly, I guess, like, kind of going off what she said, I, I mean, one, I was blown away by <clears throat> the faith of these girls. Um, it was humbling, <laughs> for sure. Um, I, I led a reflection time with just with the girls and our team, and I was, you know, I was preparing, and I was like, all right, I'm going to ask, like, the girls, you know, hey, where, where in the Bible have you seen, like, God, you know, kind of show up for people when they're, you know, down or, you know, have, have been losing, and, you know, he comes and swoops in, and I went to the team, and I was like, hey, like, be thinking of some stuff, like, because I'm asking the girls, but if no one raises their hands, like, I need someone to kind of help me out here, you know? It was the exact opposite. I sat there and pointed at girls from 5 to 17, to, and they were just like, Moses, when he was leading the Israelites, and then just like, <laughs> sorry, I, it blew me away, <clears throat> these girls' hunger for, for the Lord. <laughs> so I guess my prayer, and, and what I would ask you guys to pray for them, um, is that they would be fed, um, because we go to, you know, I work at a school and we have psychologists and, and um, teachers and administrators and we have, I mean, 100 people on staff and faculty. And Joram 
has 20 or, or something. Like, principals teach classes because they have to. And, like, just, just knowing that it is their desire to create a, a, a faith community, but they don't have the resources to, to, I don't know what I'm saying, like, to just cultivate that or, you know, like, they, they know their Bible, they know these things, and I, I just see their hunger, like, looking, looking, like, hey, I'll, yeah, teach me more, yeah, 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 like, um, you know, we're sitting here for an hour and a half, and I'm like, you're probably like, all right, guys, you're done, like, but, like, no, they were just so ready for more and so longing for, for that, that, that more spiritual growth, and so just praying that that would be fed in whatever way God wants to feed it, um, yeah, so. Um, I just have a few prayer requests. I think um, not only for the girls, but specifically the older girls. Um, I got to really connect with them as I really related to them, and they found great um, console. And yeah, boys in America are still stupid. Um, they were like, "Are boys in America any better?" I'm like, "Nope, not really." Um, but yeah, those older girls, man, um, they feel forgotten, and they're already going through a tough time in their life. You know, teenage years are awful. And you're questioning things, and you're like, well, what do I want to do with my life at 16 years old? I have no clue. Um, those girls, um, I would just ask for peace for those girls um, and to find out where their identity actually is in Christ. It's not in your grades. It's not in how pretty you are, but it's in God. And I think they really just were reminded of that with me. And then uh, a personal prayer would be um, for me. I've been, since I was seven, I knew I wanted to leave Toledo. And not just because my siblings were annoying me. But um, I had felt such a deep call and such a peace in Kenya. And I got back and I thought, well, I'm stuck here for another two years at least. You know, I'm only a junior in high school. I'm 16. And I said, I don't really know where God is calling me right now, you know, and me and Lauren had a great discussion, because I was like, you know, you're, you're the closest in age to me, and um, although she's far more mature than 20 years old, let me tell you that, but just, we had a great conversation, and she said, well, I know where the Lord's calling me, but I was like, well, I don't know where the Lord's calling me, and so I've been really wrestling with that, because I know I'm going to do great things out of Toledo, like, I know that's where the Lord's called me. But right now, he's called me to be in Toledo, and I'm trying to serve joyfully, and it's a struggle because I'm like, well, I want to get out there. But I can't. Not right now. And that'll come later. But um, just um, how can I be a missionary in Toledo at Whitmer High School? Um, and I think that'll come easily. It won't come easily. It, it's going to be a struggle for me, and it always has been because I'm like, I really could care less about homecoming because I went to Kenya. But I really could care less about math right now, but don't tell my math teacher that. Um, yeah, and I would just like to encourage you all, you don't have to go to Kenya to be a missionary. And you don't have to prepare for 18 months to be a missionary. Like Eileen said, you can go over to your neighbor and introduce yourself and invite him over to, for dinner. You know, we can all change the world, and I am a full believer, and everybody can change the world. And I believe in every single one of you, and I want you to know that I love you all very much, and you can change the world.
like even at 70 years old, you can change the world. You know, we had an almost 80 year old woman and she changed my life and those girls loved her. So you are never too old, but you are never too young to change the world. In that spirit, we're just going to pray for the team and for PCH. If you guys could bow your heads with me. Father God, we just thank you. We thank you for all the answered prayers. Lord, we thank you for your character that you walked hand in hand with each person on this team and each person in this church. And God, we're so thankful for the zeal for people to be brave enough to come up front and share their struggles, their experience. And also you can just see the fire that you've set inside of them. And I pray that would be true for our whole church, for our whole body, wherever you're calling us, wherever you would have us go. Lord, would you fill us with your fire, Lord, with zeal and I just pray for this team. Uh, often the hardest part of the journey is after the mountaintop experience. And so I just pray over them. I pray for safety, for encouragement, um, that they would continue to wrestle with you and to be with you and reflect upon their journey. And I pray that their zeal would be contagious and that as they share testimony, that it would light fires in other people. And uh, we pray this in Jesus' name. Thanks for listening. If you're looking for a way to get plugged into what we're doing, email us at office at washingtonchurch.org or go to our website, washingtonchurch.org.